On this week's episode, we fall in love with Hitch. How many kicks to the face is too many for a first date? How much mustard can Albert eat? And I think there should be a 50-50 rule for kissing. Why do the men gotta do all the work in that department? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Valentine's Day episode of 24 Flames Per Second. Uh, everybody, I'm the host, Robert Spiewak Bohorkas, and this is the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. And uh, everybody, welcome this year. We, this year, yeah, um, this year of Valentine's Day, we are talking about the romantic comedy to end romantic problems. Hitch, starring Will Smith from 2005. Um, and yeah, everybody, thanks for joining us. We're excited. We're excited to have you here and talk about this, 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 this last great Will Smith movie? Question mark. Uh, remains to be seen. And so yeah, we're gonna dive right into it. Everyone, I hope your Februarys are off to a great and romantic start. Uh, across the table for me this week, the Albert Brenneman to my Alex Hitchens, Kevin Connor. I'm dancing like Kevin James from Hitch. Not enough Q-tip action. It's true. I didn't study as well as I wanted to. But uh, hey, Robert, how's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? I am doing well. Love is in the air. It mm-hmm. is It is Valentine's Day week, and we're about to dive into some older Will Smith. So I'm excited. Older Will Smith? I mean, you mean it's like 13 years old. Oh, okay, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, he, he's he not that, old, look that old in this no, movie. No, no, he's, 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 he's like prime-aged here. Mm. Prime Will Smith beef (laughs) that is is something you just said yes correct correct um but it's okay robert you know you do the 90 on this i'll do the 10 it'll be great oh love it yeah great that was so good um yeah yeah (laughs) that proves i did watch it this week (laughs) (laughs) um great you did watch it absolutely uh very good so um yeah one quick plug before we get into introducing the panel this week uh, for those that haven't caught it yet or don't listen to the show or whatever, go check out another Partyfish Media show um, called VH Quest, which is like everything VHS culture and VHS collectors and just kind of all that good physical media uh, goodness um, that our buddy Ben Scott, who has been on this show before, hosts. Um, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts at VH Quest. Uh, their most recent episode, uh, they come out monthly. They talked to one of the founders of Everything is Terrible, for those that are familiar with, like, bullshit internet culture. Uh, It's a great interview. Go check it out. Um, And, uh, yeah, go check out their show. There's a bunch. I think it's only, like, their sixth or seventh episode. Um, But it's real good. Um, It's a a great show. I've learned a lot about VHS in general, actually. So, um, yeah, go, uh, go take a listen. And so, yeah, let's um, let's get into this week's panel, starting with the roasters right next to me, Godzilla expert, writer friend, and high school teacher, Ian Coleman. Robert, Robert. Hi. My boy. How, how, you, how you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm doing really well. Um, yeah, my, my heart has been officially captured by Kingdom Hearts 3, so I've been playing that nonstop. It's been uh, a journey. Just forecasting what... 
because we're it's not hasn't come out yet. Hey, this is this is okay. So yes, we're in the if, future. If we're, if we're breaking the fourth wall, yes, yeah. it is not. A, it officially comes out in three hours. I was trying to do the thing like you know. This you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. That, I yeah. haven't played it yet, but you're, you're over here dreaming. I'm dreaming. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Let's all be real. You're already eighty hours <laughs> deep when this is coming out. Yeah, yeah I probably will be. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good to good to have you here. Um, and so yeah, let's uh, keep moving on. Uh, keep moving on down the line. Uh, we've got filmmaker and political activist. Find him on Twitter at True Cody Olson. <coughs> the True Cody Olson. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Um, yeah, nothing too noteworthy. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, nothing too noteworthy. How, how do you feel about the Cody Olson story? How do you feel how? about Will Smith beef? <laughs> About Will Smith beef. Yeah, 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 exactly. Prime Will Smith beef. Yeah, yeah. I like Will Smith a lot, man. Okay. He's, Will Smith is just Great. pure charisma. Great. Um, as far as, um, like, cuts of meat, it's prime. Oh. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, very good. Uh, great. Great to have you here. Yeah. And on the defense this week, actor, director, three-dog darer. Find him on Instagram at chris.quilisi. Chris Quilisi. That's my name. Hi, how you doing? And I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I don't know. At this point in time, I don't know if I'm doing anything for Valentine's Day. I should probably get on that. Yeah. Karina, no plans yet. <laughs> As of this recording. Yeah. <laughs> let's, hope it's, record. let's hope it's changed. And we'll <laughs> we record this live. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. Uh, actually, when this airs, I will have just come back from San Francisco for a weekend. So hopefully, oh, nice. maybe I'll take advantage of that romantic opportunity. City. Yeah, it is pretty romantic. So yeah. foggy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Azkaban and shit too. So maybe we can. What? Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> you can't tell what the fog is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there's Dementors or just yeah. like you wouldn't see it because we're all muggles. It, hey, right? it was so. really bad there. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good. Glad to have you with us. And you know the drill at this point. We'll start with movie in a minute. Mm. Give us your, give us the full plot synopsis of. <laughs> no, I want to give you my synopsis. How <laughs> <laughs> would you like it? No yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got this. Um, yeah, give us the full plot synopsis of Hitch. Spoilers and all. Who ends up with who? Who doesn't end up with what? <sighs> and I'll give you a three count and then you're off. Are you ready? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Great. Um, all right. And in three. Two, one, go. Alex Hitchens is a date doctor, but he specializes in men who don't necessarily have the courage or confidence to engage women in modern dating culture. Uh, we see he's also pretty successful at it. So there's two main uh, narratives. Uh, the B plot is um, one of his clients, Albert, who is trying to woo Allegra Cole, who is a, a, happens to be a celebrity, but is also the woman he's in love with. Uh, Albert's a total dork, and we find out secretly so is Allegra. Uh, and they're kind of a perfect match. A plot narrative, the main one, is actually about Hitch and his relationship with uh, Sarah, who's a um, gossip columnist. Uh, she's also a huge cynic about dating and men in general. Um, and they both uh, sort of find out throughout the movie that they need to bring their metaphorical metaphoric walls down so they can be vulnerable with people or else they'll never actually have a relationship. So that's sort of that. Uh, eventually his profession comes out into the light and she writes about it and everything blows up. And you're at a time. And that's how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more. And it's yeah. a not have, happy ending. I feel like we've given a win to people on less than that. Before. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a victory. I give it to you. Yeah. There's there are there a lot of characters horn. in this movie. There's, there's so many. This is a two-hour rom-com. I didn't like, even get a lot to talk about Casey or Bernie. Oh. 
burn notice now. or or burn notice. Yeah. Jeffrey Donovan. I think now that's burn notice. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Officially. I don't. I don't think I have anything to add. But the people that we want to end up with each other end up with each other pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And I would um, say, well, can I add like one last thing? Sure. Or is, I don't ahead. know yeah. what the rules are. You go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, clean it up. Yours. I would say like the one thing thing I wanted to button everything up with is like at the end, the whole idea is that like at the beginning he says like here are the guidelines for dating. And at the end, he's like, here are the guidelines. There are none. And that's it. Like, that's the lesson. Revolution. That's why I, I think that's important to, for us to put into the conversation before we start. Okay. okay. Very good. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick little break. And then when we come back, we'll get your opening statements for why you are defending Hitch this week. So we'll be right back, everybody. And we're back. Uh, Chris. You just successfully completed movie in a minute for Hitch. Let's get your opening statements. Why do you like Hitch? Yeah, Hitch is a Hitch is a pretty good movie actually. It's a rom com, so I think there's some like realities that we have to accept as like a genre movie. Um, but I think overall, it's got some pretty positive messaging about uh, like modern dating culture, albeit like a heterosexual version of modern dating culture. Um, and it's overall just really fucking charming because it's Will Smith and it's like, uh, Kevin James who's a giant dork, but like, he's not <laughs> trying to be anything but a giant dork. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's like, as far as like what it's trying to do, which is like be cute and romantic and fun, it completely achieves all those things. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's my main, that's my main defense. Great. Uh, very good. So roasters. I think that um, just talking about the sweetness of the movie and or Hitch would be good place to start. So, so like the plot of the movie, this whole date doctor framing they give it, mm -hmm. or the character of Hitch himself. Maybe one of those will get us to the other. What do you think? What I don't really get is like why is his profession supposed to be this big secret? And like when it comes out, it's like this big thing that like you know destroys his career and he has to move out of his swanky apartment. And like I did some research on this, and like dating coach is a legitimate profession. Like this is something that people actually do, and I I don't understand why it's like this big deal that he has to operate in secret. Hmm. Yeah, I don't understand that plot point. <clears throat> That's, I don't have much to add. To well, I'm just, I'm processing that because I hadn't thought of that before. But yeah, huh. Yeah, you're right. I don't, well, I, def I definitely think it's like the degree to which he does that. Like, it's a, it's a discretion thing. Like, you, uh, a guy doesn't walk into a date and say, I've been preparing for this with a coach. Um, and I think it's, it's just the level of discretion. I think it's also um uh so that his clients aren't identified a certain way and i think it's also because in the very beginning you hear him say he's a referral only mm -hmm. the uh, client uh base so like he it's not so much that he is the only date doctor in this world and i don't think it's so much that he's like the best one it's just that he's only referral based mm -hmm. so like he doesn't want people coming to him he only wants referrals I think that's the main reason why it's like more or less a secret. Hmm. Earth shattering revelation. He's not the only date doctor. Roasters, what are you going to do? Oh my gosh. Game set match. Oh. It's over. You can't compete with the Will Smith. Beef. You've been really hitched to your own wagon. Oh. No, that was a bad that's one. one. That's one. That's one. That's one. Strike one. I'm going to count. Yeah. Put a ding in there. I also think he's a huge hypocrite in that, you know, like the screenplay has to go out of its way to like make sure he's like an ethical date doctor and mm -hmm. like won't just help, you know, like 
horn dog sleazy men get laid and then he also talks like continually about like this standard that he sets for himself like i only go to a certain level i never let myself get too emotionally involved and like other characters will like you know really on the nose point this out you know you only go for the short game hitch <laughs> and like so like kind of a double standard there so like he will like pretty much only get to the point where like he gets laid and then move on but he does the opposite in his business practice right he asks more of his clients yeah and, and will not work with them if i mean like i mean Van, vance vance munson is a pretty notice. you know his last Burn. name Burn. <laughs> his, his last name is notice first name is Burn. Burn. Uh, sorry. michael weston thank you very much you also acceptable yeah okay. <laughs> all right fair. That's, i can do that um <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting. It's an interesting place to put him in. Um, <clears throat> in the movie, I'm sorry, my, my did we? Yeah, I was gonna say, did we completely derail you? Well, I think it's. I think it, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Like he is totally a hypocrite and problematic, but that's the whole point of the movie is that he's not taking his own medicine at the beginning. He's not listening. Like there's a moment where Albert literally says, like, "Oh, so you just want to give advice and not hear it," or whatever that line is. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is that, like, he then realizes, oh, shit, I gotta, if I wanna be real in my relationships, I gotta do this too. You know, that's like his main character arc. Wow. And I think, I think it all comes to a head at that one, like, we're talking about, like, his, like, self rules that he has right. for uh, what he preaches and what he practices. And I think it comes to a head in that one, like, the end of that speed dating scene, right? Yeah. Where, where they think that, that he's helped burn notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> become, uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry. We're not uh, going to call him that. <laughs> Michael Weston? <laughs> they, they, they think that, he, that he's helped burn notice, um, but he hasn't. And then he has like this big line where he goes like, he's, he's oh, I'm going to get this wrong. But he's like, he's like I didn't help him, um, but he's the reason why women have to be so guarded. And also, um, he's the reason why... It's so damn yes. hard to fall in love. Yeah. No, he's, he's and like, also, Munn is a pig, and I refuse to work with him. It's because of people like him that I even have a job. Exactly. And, he, that, and it's, oh, wow. it's... Thank you, Cody. Right? Yeah, so so right. basically, yeah, Burn Notice is the reason why Will Smith has a job. <laughs> is what, what I'm getting from this entire movie. <laughs> but I think it comes to a head there, and I'd love to go into like more specifics about... about um, I think the crux of the movie is that, like, especially when it's <clears> bookended by the... Here are the rules... There are no rules yeah. at the end. Yeah. I think that's the crux of the whole movie, and I'd like to get into that kind of like dynamic between that because I think that really shows in at least the relation, the two main relationships in the movie. So for the roasters, I'd like to see something, um, you know, talking about how like his rules broke down or were um, you know detracted from the overall message of the movie from 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 you guys or what you think. That is. <coughs> I think what 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 kind of <clears throat> what I noticed like in the you know the classic romantic comedy scene where like he has to you know chase the love of his life who's about to leave down in like a car or like at an airport or whatever in this case it's a car so like at that before that point he is like being vulnerable for the first time and he's kind of like struggling to verbalize his feelings and he's he's not in his like date doctor persona and like we see that he's not articulate and he's like mm-hmm. bungling it and then you know he gets to the point where he's like chasing her down and then gets hit and then the point where he wins her over is like the point where he's like still like a lot of the dialogue that he uses in that scene kind of like undercut the message that the movie was trying to sell because he is still like wooing her with these lines like 
I don't remember exactly what they are, but it's like, you know, this is how you know you're really in love because you're the kind of person who will like, you know, <clears throat> get hit with a car or whatever. <laughs> it's like, go skydiving. Take a leap like of faith. Or I, I guess, awesome. I guess he was, it was something like, you know, I will go, you're the only type of person who I will go through this much pain for. I'm not like getting the line right, but that was the basic mm-hmm. essence of it. And it's like, when you think about it, like that's exactly what he's been doing since the beginning of the movie is like, you know, creating these situations where like these guys will be like in these kind of self-sacrificing positions, like the, you know, guy saving the dog at the beginning of the movie and like Albert quitting his job. And it's like, the movie goes out of its way to kind of emphasize that Hitch needs to like, you know, break that cycle in order to have an authentic relationship. Mm -hmm. But in order to get that authentic relationship, he does the thing that he was preaching that other people need to do at the beginning of the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I understand. Yeah, like, Hmm. you know, he contrives these situations where like these men are in these like self-sacrificing positions. Yeah. And then he only ends up winning his relationship by doing the, the same, same thing, thing himself. Yeah. I think it's interesting, though, because I, I, there's a level of... Um, there's, like, a facade, like, a, le- a level of... Oh, what's it mean when, like, it's a false pretense? Like a, like a, like a veneer or something? Well, or because, like, those situations <laughs> that he contrived were contrived. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the situation he's in in the end is, like, him being honest for the first time. Right. And even though he's maybe speaking in cliches because that's how his mind works... Or that's how the writer's minds yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was him being more at a more authentic version of himself. Mm-hmm. And I would also argue that, like, what he's doing for the men at the beginning, while behind this curtain of b- being contrived, what he's actually doing for them is good, and they're becoming better because they're getting uh, confidence and courage to mm-hmm. approach women <clears throat> in an authentic way and get their foot in the door. And the cycle that you know he needs to break is actually more about his own relationship than the men he's helping with. Mm. So like, again, it's like him taking his own medicine and just like saying the shit that's on his brain and being authentic with a woman. Uh, I think I felt that was like a really positive thing rather than like uh, it being a, a problem for the movie. Yeah, that's fair. I think on the topic of sort of manufactured <clears throat> drama, like you were saying, Ian, that part always, <clears throat> it rubbed me the wrong way that it, that guy's what, her cousin or something like that? Uh, brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. brother-in-law yeah, yeah, right. And I just, it just felt like I don't know this kind of face palmy Hollywood scene where, where, you know, he thinks that she's going away with this guy, and then she's like, "This is my brother-in-law. Like, why would you have assumed anything else?" And yeah. Like, yeah, you, I don't know, you could have thrown that out there at any point before he like hopped on your car. I don't and, know. And then it's also like the way that scene is written is like so contrived in that, like you know, he sees this, like the brother-in-law <laughs> sees all this happen. He sees this guy get hit by a car, and he like is so nonchalant about it, like yeah. maybe I should drive. And this guy's chasing you, like, I mean... He's totally... He should offer to pepper spray that guy for her. <laughs> like, a guy is, like, chasing you down in a car you're trying to drive away. That's, like, that's not romantic. That's, like, stalkerish. And Brother-in-law or not, he's very chill about whatever yeah, else. He's yeah. Super chill. yeah. He Tom. really is. He's just taking it in stride. He's, he's a fan. I imagine, I imagine that there was, like, a conversation <laughs> that, like, she was like, Hey, Tom, um... This guy's at the store. It's that guy who's telling me. <laughs> and it's and she's like, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fuck with this dude. <laughs> Just like be chill and like when I give you the signal, come around and we'll we'll head out. Well, I bet that's what happened because like I I having seen the movie yeah. knew that he was not with her yeah, right. and I was like she's 
fucking with him. I thought it was so That's funny. But then it's also like, why do we as an audience member even have reason to believe that like, you know, this is some guy that she's like sleeping with and is going to run yeah. away with? Well, because- actually, I think it was the score. I think it was, it was, uh, it was the moment where... Um, he turns the corner and, and Hitch sees him and then the music like, just cuts out and, it's yeah. like, oh, and you're like yeah. oh no up until that point <laughs> yeah. she was like built up as a commitment of phobe true right. and it's like why would we ever have reason to believe that she's like suddenly just decided to you know like get involved with this right. hot white dude cause we get tricked man we're, yeah. we're an audience I don't know, are, you saying, are you saying I'm a fool for believing <laughs> <laughs> Roast the movie. <laughs> well, I feel I feel like the movie is insulting the intelligence of like what's been like what yes. the uh, yes keep yeah. going keep going yeah but it's like well it goes all this way to like build this expectation up in the audiences by establishing over and over you're a commitment of phobe yeah. you are afraid of relationships and then it's like oh maybe she's in a relationship now like I don't know I thought on, that might yeah. that might have just been like a one night stand I didn't I don't know who that guy was. Yeah. I mean, I knew this time, but the first time. <laughs> yeah. the first time. First time. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think I think if the I think a, a big reason why the ending may or may not work is a symptom of the rest of the movie because the ending it, it's a two hour movie. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty. It's a little bit longer. One hundred and eighteen minutes. Yeah, it's a little bit longer than rom com genre. Um, so I'd love to get into like the whole progression of the two main relationships because. Whatever the messages of the movie is, it has to I think has to be reflected in those relationships. And we haven't even gotten into a lot of the Allegra and yeah. Albert. Mm, Albert. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did track like the date numbers too. If anyone, oh, mm-hmm. let's do it. Hit us. It was um, three. Each of them get so, three before the. So okay, follow, let's right? talk Hitch and Sarah's dates. Yeah. Right. Date number one: Jet Ski's Ellis Island. Oh, date yeah. number two: The weird allergy date. Yeah. Where they're cooking with cooking his somewhere. Bob, yeah. By the way, step yeah. down. Like Jet Ski, and then just. Well, the first one went, he, didn't go so hot. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Uh, and their third date is the dinner at Hitch's where she knows he is the date doctor. Oh, right. Is that the broccoli fight? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, okay, and, so that's, and that's it. Those are, that's all their dates. Um, Copyright. Albert and Allegra's dates. The first one is the the Sky Studio thing yeah. mm-hmm. where he dances in the paparazzi season. Yeah. Um, the second date is the Knicks game and okay. also when they have their first kiss. Yeah. And those are the only dates of theirs we see. Wow. Oh, interesting. Huh. It's it's weird because Albert and Allegra's relationship actually to me felt like it progressed. Maybe just because more. they had that, that shared history already of working together. Felt to me like it progressed in a more organic and believable way than Hitch and Sarah's relationship mm-hmm. where... I, it always it rubs me the wrong way the morning after their second date when they have not been physically intimate at all and like they both fell asleep on the couch and she thinks he's left and she has this whole thing of yelling into the pillow like you're so stupid why would you do that like what did you do you took you took a dude who was like high on Benadryl back to your house <laughs> and you fell asleep that it just it sometimes feels like it overstates the emotional place that they're in you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Relax. <laughs> oh, damn. Roast the movie, not the mics. <laughs> Guys, I'm just, I'm getting too angry. I'm knocking over my microphone. Fuck Will Smith. <laughs> but I don't know. That's, yeah, that's, that's how it feels to me. I think that's a good point. I think the um, overstating the emotional 
spot in the arc or you know get people getting places before we might see them actually do that in real life i totally yeah. understand how you would feel that way i i i it felt organic to me just because it's a rom-com movie mm-hmm. so like i i understand that people fall faster people right. uh people like really f- fall hard in these movies and mm-hmm. so like everything's a little more hyperbolic sure. that was just something i mm-hmm. accepted but i i can totally see I think I just have to seed that one to you that it's like, yeah, it's like probably just a symptom of the genre that we, we see that. No, it totally is. And I think part of the reason maybe why it bothered me a, a bit more is because I think because the movie is centered around this date doctor who kind of is supposed to know how to act in the dating world. Mm-hmm. It seemed weird when after date number two, after only the first time they've kissed... When he's calling her and he's like, man, it is so good to hear your voice on the phone. I was like, <laughs> I think if you did that, someone would go, dude, you are coming on way too strong. Goodbye. Take, take, take a step back. And I think I could swallow it a little bit easier if it was you know, any other pleasant romantic comedy. But because this one kind of is built on having having like legitimate conversations about dating, it's weird to watch someone who in universe is successful at dating yeah. and then pointing at something he's doing and being like, don't. Don't do that. That's like too yeah. much too soon, dude. And then what? speaking of that, like the like the scene where he like is sending her those 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 walkie talkies, like yeah. in order to get away with that, he would have had to like, you know, research her workplace. Yeah. You know, like know where her desk is or whatever. Or like at least know what address to deliver it to. And it's like if a guy you just met at a bar did that, like that's a probably a pretty clear sign that he's a stalker and you can stay the <laughs> hell away from him. Yeah. I well, I know that she says, I'm Sarah, I write for mm-hmm. whatever magazine. I know yeah. she I know she uh, said that. So like that to me wasn't because I had that first thought and I was like, Oh well no, but she said where she works. And then but I do think the amount of preparation that he puts into that because if you remember the delivery guy was like, you said Sunday, right? So like, yeah. he had other shit. Yeah. I think that that was like, whoa. And yeah. then also that, you know, the first date is like, you know, we talked about this earlier, but it's like the first date is a little, like, it's a little much. Oh, it's insane. It's, it's, I said it before we started recording, but it's a great date for a year into a relationship. <laughs> like, hey, I found out this really deep personal thing that you might, you know, want to look at your family history. Yeah. But date number one is the craziest thing ever. <sighs> Even if that guy wasn't the butcher of Venice or whatever it is. <laughs> of <Okay>. uh, <laughs> But even if it okay. wasn't that, that would just be so. Like, even if she did appreciate seeing it, crying in front of someone that you're you're on a first date with, even if, even if it's happy cry, is just, that's a weird place to be. I don't yeah. know if anyone wants that. Well, I think it's, this is where I think the writing of the movie, like, not necessarily, like, dialogue writing, but yeah. just, like, the construction of the plot, I think, yeah, is really right. clever. Because, oh, like, oh, okay. uh, it's like sort of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, if you've ever seen that movie, yeah. where they both have reasons like secret agendas for their relationship and i think with this one it was sort of interesting like she gets this lead from the party Mm -hmm. the oh hitch those were hitch's tickets Mm -hmm. so then she's not just calling him back for a date she's also like following a fucking lead Mm -hmm. which i think is so brilliant because it like gets the two back together but in a reason for a reason that's not more than just like oh what an awful date I'm gonna call him back you know yeah, right. I think that was really clever of the writers to do well I, I think the first date is the is like I think she's I first, I, first date's legit yeah. the, the first date's legit and oh, then yeah. the the sushi one is her chasing a lead yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. weird because she's chasing a lead because it's her boss is interesting to me uh, yeah. it was Adam Adam Arkin <laughs> like, Adam Arkin not Adam Arkin mm-hmm. uh, 
Her, West her boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> on a great episode of The West Wing called Noel. Um, we're just gonna call him West Wing. We're we gonna go West Wing. We're known as West Wing. Okay. Therapy guy. So <laughs> is so is but, Hitch just Fresh Prince then? No, yes. he's he's Hitch. He's the title <laughs> character. <laughs> uh, but so she's like with her boss in the room is calling Hitch. Assumably, like her boss is on board with this too. Maybe is even pushing her. Right, going. Mm. We need to fi- we like yeah. have a lead on this Hitch guy. It's figured out. Definitely. She does that, and then immediately her boss comes at her like, so is this a is this a date? Uh, or is this a lead? And she's like, I work for you, dude. Of course this is a lead. Like, what, mm-hmm. I don't know. Her boss, I, I think, think that just was like... more because of like how she did the call. Because she, because yeah. I think he was expecting him, her to be like, hey, can you meet me here and I'll talk to you about this thing? But instead she's like, let's go on a date. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess. But, that she, had, but she had to, I don't know, say it like that. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel I like her agree. boss is always giving her shit. And he's, he's such a good actor though. I'm always like, ah, oh, you're cool. I like you in this scene. Yeah. But, she comes back from vacation, he's given her shit, and then she doesn't work hard enough, and then he's given her shit. Yeah. It's just it's like, uh, he's a really micromanaging boss. He's a, <laughs> I feel. He's doling out advice left and right. I'm willing to see that in the movie. I'm willing to see that one point, <laughs> that West Wing is too looming as a, as a boss. <laughs> Nothing else. Also, I just realized we should call Kevin James Paul, Paul Blart. Blart. Yeah! <laughs> I was waiting What's for it. What's up, I'm man? Waiting for Albert's comeback. I'm, back pocket. I'm glad we got there. Yeah, we did. I'm glad we got there. Uh, what else you got? <laughs> Shouldn't we call him King of Queens since that? Yeah, one, that was probably was that was more of his landmark yeah. role. Yeah. Okay, we'll call him yeah. King of Queens. <laughs> um, I, I show. <laughs> didn't I we all want to? Will Smith watched that show and was like, "This is Albert. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is my King of Queens." <laughs> oh my god. Um, this this show has a really good soundtrack and a really bad score. Oh my god. Because it, they pick good songs to play as background music and like background flavor, and they almost will like edit scenes to it. But then every time there's an emotional moment, it's it's like the violin guy just goes at it too hard, and mm. it just ends up feeling really weird and bombastic. I don't know. Yeah, I was watching this movie with my wife Karen, and she like was constantly like, "What's up with all this Muzak?" Like every time, <laughs> she, yeah, she she referred to it as Muzak. Like the composer music? Yeah, no, or like just like elevator like music. Wolf King. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is pretty much the quality of it. But it's weird in that like it it, it keeps it, it's always like there when there are these emotional moments, it's like him crying in the rain, and you know the visuals are so like dramatic, and he's got like these tears pouring down his face, and like it's set to like this really peppy song. I don't remember what it was, but and then like there are these moments where it's like okay, this is kind of an you know like a low moment for him, or this right. is kind of you know supposed to feel a little bit more sincere but it's always kind of like keeping us at a distance from like what the character is feeling that like it kind of did it like take you out yeah it, it takes me out it kind of like yeah. makes moments that shouldn't feel comedic feel more comedic than mm. they should hmm. yeah it's it, it kept me at like an emotional distance from what was going on the uh this the score music yeah the, 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 the score music the score music yeah oh, okay. the score music okay. yeah mm-hmm. i guess i didn't make that i kind of jump between a couple of different lines there. But yeah, I was referring to the score music. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little too cheesy. It's really, it's cheesy, really cheesy in a lot of parts. It's weird. Because, and they're really good actors but, too, so I, I... Sorry, what? No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. <clears throat> but uh, is, is, do you think the score is is a higher level of cheese than like what the movie is in terms yes, of yes. counting on relationships? Okay. Because I think a lot of times they'll give good performances and there'll be clever bits of editing Mm -hmm. that will kind of try to pull me into a scene. But then I think the music will, 
it'll sound like music that it'll sound like a bad version of music from like a movie that we made or something like that where it's just it's just too yeah, like that you and Robert. <laughs> I'm saying a bad it sounds it sounds like not it sounds like somebody's a college kid's idea okay. of you know what a score might be and then nobody like toned it back a little bit or like on the like nose that. and in your face yeah yeah trying to so so the so let, sorry i just want to make sure i have this right yeah so right you're, you're thinking it's like trying to lead the audience too hard in in a certain direction at any given point is that what you're that's for me that's what i feel for okay. the emotional scenes yeah i feel like it's always it's trying to like push the audience toward this place of look be entertained by this movie it's lighthearted and it's funny but then there are these scenes where the characters really aren't feeling that and it maybe would have been nice to like have been with them a little bit more if the music wasn't ah. like just keeping me so far apart from what the character is gotcha. feeling with all these like peppy saxophone things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking morose going, by the water. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I think that I, I really do. If this is the best, if this is the worst problem the movie has, I'll take it. Like, <laughs> like, so you can see yeah, I'll see that one. And the micromanaging and, boss. And Westwick. West <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's 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 a rom-com. I totally just accept that the fact that it's going to push too hard at some times. It's like, it's not the John Williams of composers that they're going to get. You That's know? true. That is so, true. So I, I'm, I'm just like. It's I, not. It's not John Williams. It's the John Williams of composers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, <laughs> I can you imagine if Dwayne Wade was in this? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. he's, he's jumping oh. on the car. Oh, but only saxophones. Can you imagine any version of that dancing scene where, like, Without <laughs> without Usher, without can you imagine? No, without no, but Usher? that's but that's what I'm saying is good. That is the that's the soundtrack. That's true. That's true. Soundtrack's that is good. Soundtrack. Scores are not like scores. Sucks. They are good. good. Yeah, right. They they choose good songs to be in the movie. I'm just curious who scored this thing because they're shitty. <laughs> they're not on my top ten. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good way to, to say it. Yeah. That's a really good way to say it. <laughs> Roast the movie, not the composer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, I'm sure that like you know hey, the director or somebody on like somebody like higher up on the production team is probably like giving them cues for what. Sort yeah, of that's mood true. To put like his first draft was this really subtle, like beautifully understated thing, <laughs> and then and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but just like, yeah. <laughs> like his first his wow. first pass was like this acoustic guitar, like really, really like interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't believe he went there with the music. They're yeah. like, no, 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 screw that, screw that. Give us something a little bit more basic. George Fenton's taking a tough beating in this. George, George, George Fenton. Fenton. What else is he? No, oh, I just sorry, sorry. Start. His real name is Groundhog Day because that's what he did. The <laughs> uh, yeah, another great movie. <laughs> so we got West Wing, Groundhog yeah. Day, Burn Notice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, might not be him though. We just, we just constructed a scenario where it yeah. could be the director pushing his worst tendencies. Yeah. We don't know. It's, it's we unclear. don't know. Unclear. 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 Uh, oh my God. There was. The, can I talk about a really specific moment that's not broad? We don't sure, have to talk about. Sure, it'll be the last one, but yeah. Okay. Did you Did you have a broad point? Um. Yeah. Just like how okay. contrived this movie is. Go for that. Like <laughs> just, <laughs> just kind of chiseling away yeah, at that well, block for a while. Yeah, yeah but it's still just like there are like. <laughs> 
Yeah, we still got gas in this. No, we do. And just like the the sheer number of coincidences, like you know, he happens, like he he like you know, refuses to give advice to Burn Notice. You know, he. It's funnier hearing you say it. He refuses to give advice to Burn Notice. He bangs Eva Mendes. Or no. I don't, we don't have a nickname for Eva Mendes yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's Ghost Rider. Oh, it's oh <laughs> Ghost Rider. Yeah. Okay, so he he ends up sleeping with Ghost Rider's friend anyway, and so he on the way out he says like date doctor my ass. It's like yeah. why did he say that? Like Hitch re explicitly refused to like give advice to him. Like what reason did he have to say that as he was walking out of the room? Well, and what reason does she have to go date doctor my ass? Okay, so we've established maybe there's a date doctor, but. I don't think this guy and him from that sentence are like good pals. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, really. That's, that'd be a weird thing to say after somebody helped me accomplish something is like, like Ian, my motherfucker. But yeah, he didn't even help I mean? him. He yeah. refused. Like he, yeah. she, no, I know. Yeah. He, he, like that. That whole thing happened like independent of any sort of intervention by Hitch at all. Right. I'm saying that in her, the way she interpreted it was uh, that. Will, Will Smith helped her. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right, but I still don't quite get how she would interpret that that way. Yeah. Because he says, date doctor my ass, so it's almost, it's this, like, screw you to the date doctor Well, thing. earlier in the movie, they talk about, uh, like, the, the secret date doctor. There's like, oh, he's real, or something. Yeah. I think I think it's, like, a, a situation where you get a couple clues that don't necessarily connect to one conclusion. Right. Uh, but I that it ends up being the assumption you make, and that yeah. was the whole comedy of errors at the beginning. Well, it wasn't a comedy, but the whole, like, assumption that makes people an ass into you and me. Like, that was mm -hmm. what happens at the end, right? I, I think that was, like, I actually agree, mm -hmm. but I think it's, like, a normal human thing to, like, look or um, draw, like, connect dots that you want to connect. Worst case brain. scenario, jump to... The worst conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, and she was really hurt, and yeah. and like her friend is a gossip columnist, so it's like scorched earth policy all the way. And like, Scorchy, I yeah. think it's just one of those things is like you hear one thing and you're like, all right, we're doing this, like protection. Yeah. Yeah. And what about that line where like she tries to apologize him later, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I never meant to hurt you. And it's like, yeah, you clearly did. There was even a scene where you had the opportunity to like not publish that article, yeah. that you did. Yeah. That was you very intentionally hurt him. <laughs> Well, and then he and then he true. just says like, "Oh, you didn't," and it's like, "Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> you gotta get your shit together." Yeah. <laughs> that's Evo, That's fucking Ghost Rider. Right there. <laughs> you're Ghost talking. Do you know what you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, we have about reached the time to unmask, and so I think we'll start with Chris. How do you really feel about Hitch? I I like it. I really <laughs> like this movie. Um, I honestly, I was I watched it yesterday. Um, for the first, not for the first time. No, no. Remember, yeah, okay. I knew that Ooh. Tom was uh, was Ghost Rider's oh. brother-in-law. Um, yeah. I, see, I oh, right. I was expecting it to not be great because it's about dating culture and it's mm -hmm. about a, a date doctor. <coughs> so when it started out and he was like, "Here's how you do it," I was like, "Oh fuck." But then, like, seeing it progress, I was like, "Oh no, the lessons are legit. Like, be authentic, be yeah. vulnerable. Like, uh, you know, things about that." And of course, there are like some problems but i think for like a 2005 movie it's it's aged i think pretty well I, yeah that's my real opinion hmm. cody um i'm honestly right there with you i think uh you know when they're going through the advice at the start i i, I think you could maybe highlight the the guy saving the dog is like a pretty legitimate piece of subterfuge you know? <laughs> yeah. but, but outside of that the things he tells them are very it's like if you're if you're outgoing be outgoing if you're shy be shy that's listen. really that's really good genuine yeah. advice and then the listen part is yeah that he's like 
you can get so wrapped up in in being into this person that you know maybe you're just that you forget like they're talking right now i need to respond mm-hmm. and i i feel like yeah there are just some really salient actually points he makes about dating um that yeah that for the most part have aged pretty dang well and yeah. and will smith is super charming in this yeah. um, <laughs> And frankly, the editing in this movie is actually really, really good. I like the direction and the editing. It feels like peppy. Mm. Uh, I still hate that score, though. That was real. Yeah, that one was real. Uh, Ian? Yeah, I'm there with you guys in that. Like, I really actually agree, and I really like the message of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, you know, like, you know, it's a very true thing within, you know, my own relationship. Like, I kind of arrived at my own marriage, you know, via very, like, Albert Brenneman method. I was not very smooth <laughs> about, you know, getting to any of the steps that got me to where I am now. But, you know, like, I can attest to, like, you know, acting on this movie's message has definitely helped me. <laughs> and it's also, like, something that I can struggle with sometimes. And, like, I recognize that being emotionally vulnerable is you know, a key to a good relationship. But sometimes it can be tough. So like, I identify with like the struggles of this movie. It's more yeah. just like the, you know, like screenwriting, directing mm-hmm. mechanics that like the message is conveyed through. Like as far as like, you know, like the number of plot contrivances and the score and just like the like, if you like apply just like a little thought to like a bunch of the things that happen in this movie, it just kind of falls apart. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it's like, a, it's it's a good message wrapped up in like a really like i don't know faulty product it's not like i didn't enjoy watching it 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 felt like pretty inoffensive but it was also like i don't know i will also say it's like totally from the point of view of men yeah uh, because it is uh like about how men can do things better Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. and it and it sort of leaves the narrative from the women's perspective to be like just wait like and so (laughs) that's the one thing i didn't enjoy but Mm -hmm. i it was that yeah. So I just want to make sure that was said because yeah. we're we're all a bunch of dudes talking about it right now. <laughs> Good caveat. Yeah. So yeah. Kevin. Uh, I saw this for the first time for this podcast. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, I remember like every trailer that was like, everywhere when this <laughs> yeah, movie yeah. came out. Like when Kevin James started dancing, dancing I had Dave yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen these movies and, before. Uh, and Yaz playing in the background. Exactly, yep. exactly. Um, I think there is some heart to this movie that, that shows through, and I, it probably would have shown through a little bit stronger for me in 2005 um, and, and, and everything like that. I think for me personally, I think there's a, there's a few too many like subtexts where it's like um, you have to show women what they want mm-hmm. um, for them. And I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't know if I can get behind the movie as a whole because of that. But goddamn, if Will Smith's beef is not charismatic, it's uh, <laughs> good, good, juicy beef. Some, some prime cut. <laughs> what the uh, fuck is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually was at my. I had like a steak dinner at my dad's house like a week ago, and he actually told me for the first time what prime cut actually is. It's oh. like the the most like tender quality meat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Has nothing to do with yeah, the yeah, 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 little. Yeah. He's tender. He's tender. I'm and sure he is. <laughs> Robert, what do you think? Um, yeah, I remember watching this when it around when it came out, um, and I don't know why in retrospect because, like, as a high schooler, like this is not for me. No, at all. Not at all. Um, but I, um, I'm, I'm, a, I think I'm like kind of just also kind of ambivalent about it. Like, I think it is like harmlessly pretty well made romantic comedy um but i think that like 
while the lesson that Will Smith learns is good, mm-hmm. like, I think that there are a lot of, like, kind of problematic takeaways still where you would, like, could see that, like, I, I don't think that, like, Burn Notice was really made to look bad enough. <laughs> I think yeah. That, yeah. Other than Will Smith being like, he's a pig! And it's like, I don't know. Getting kicked in the balls. Yeah, yeah. Putting his head in the bull's butt. <laughs> yeah. And then the fun he's, musical cue. <laughs> 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 um, but, like, in general, like, I think that it... Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that mostly... The lesson is learned like too late in the movie for Will for Will Smith when Allegra's like, no, he did all my favorite things like mustard and inhaler and everything. Mm-hmm. How'd you tell him to be dorky? And what did you do? Like, I think that that realization is like rushed in so much at the end yeah. that like it doesn't like hit with quite a, as much of an impact as I would like. Mm-hmm. It's still a little bit like, hey. If you're enough of a sociopath, you can date anybody. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, like, that was where I was just kind of like, ah, as much as I do love Will Smith in this and kind of everyone else, like even Kevin James, who I hear is kind of a garbage person. Yeah. Oh. Like, That's too bad. Yeah. That's um, really too bad. Paul Blart? Y- yes. Yeah, yeah, King of Queens? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul Blart? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, I, I think that, like, it's it's just like fluffy and there's not enough like repair done to the damage of the first like two thirds of the movie yeah. to like make I don't know there's too many things to take out of this that are like behaviors we shouldn't put in movies anymore. <laughs> it's a weirdly like complicated movie for such like a light premise. Yeah. Or at, oh, yeah. at the very least, like it's it's convoluted. The character relationships are all like yeah. kind of really inter- intricate. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Too long. Definitely. Half an hour too long. I'd agree with that. There's a lot of There's a lot going on in here. That <laughs> a lot of what? Thing, yeah, jet ski footage. to be going on, but it's not, it's not bad. I was watching it's this while bad. I was making homemade pizza, so it didn't seem as long. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was watching this while broccoli was being thrown at me, so like... So, so really relatable. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a weird moment about that. Did you go to those 4D life. experiences or something? Yeah, like 4D experiences. When Ava Mendez throws broccoli and cauliflower at him. Yeah, whenever she's on Ghost screen, Rider. I could, Ghost Rider, thank you, thank you. Yeah, my my she's apologies. On screen, I could hear like the burning rubber, like. Just, <laughs> oh my god! Burning. Yeah, um, and there was that yeah. one Morgan Freeman cameo too. It what? <laughs> just kiss. Just what? kiss. Sorry. Movie. I mean, movie maybe would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> he shows he up. Plays his yeah, we add one more subplot. He's Hitch's father. No. Yeah, he's Hitch's father. Or like, or like That's, the. You the guys, guy who first trained sorry. Hitch or something like that. Talk, no, no, no. Okay. I if you'd a, like to hear more about Morgan Freeman, I have a Hitch father. 2 theory. I have a Hitch 2 theory that we will talk about in the post show. Right. This is actually the only 2005 movie where Morgan Freeman does not appear. <laughs> I believe that. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So, anyways, we're yeah we're going to keep talking about Hitch in our extended play post show, which is only for our Patreon subscribers. So, if you want to listen to that, head over to patreon.com slash 24flamespod and give us a little tiny bit of money and then you get a bunch of extra fun stuff. Um, and we really, yeah, shout out to everyone that is a Patreon supporter. Thank you for the support of the show. And yeah, if you have thoughts about Hitch that you want us to know, you can find us on social media at 24flamespod or email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go leave a rating, review, subscribe, get all the new episodes that we have and all the old ones that we've ever had. And you can do that wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts, those are the same thing, uh, Stitcher, whatever. Um, what else do I say? 
Um, does anybody have anything to plug? I, go listen to VH Quest. Uh, anybody? Nobody? Events, dates. Nice things. Jet ski dates. Watch your feet. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna plug a friend of mine's show. Oh great! Um, uh, actually, two of my friends are doing solo shows, uh, and they combine. Two of them are doing their own solo shows that they're pairing together for one performance uh, on February twenty sixth. It's called "Ways in Which We've Failed to Manage Our Anxiety," uh, and it's gonna be really good. It's my friend Roland and my other friend Claire. Nice. Um, and you should. They're both. Uh, well, no. Roland is a Western alum, so okay. we know some. Some of us probably know him. Uh, and Claire, Washington. I know through the Seattle Rip. So cool. you should go see it. It's gonna be dope. Nice. Cool. Any other nice things? Plug Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't make the game, so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope that you know all of you listening to this play this game, and uh, it's probably gonna be beautiful. And uh, you know, I'm sure that if you do, our hearts will be one. To quote oh. my man, Sora. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sweet. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody, that does it for this episode. We will uh, catch you on next week's episode, which is... Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> off the top of my head. No. Um, wait, 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 wait. I can look it up. I can look it up so can't fast. You just, oh like, God, can't we just be quiet and then you edit it into the... No, no, no. I have to look it up. <laughs> ah, I should oh, say wait, no, a long time ago. I got excited. No. Okay. Yeah, next week, uh, we'll celebrate... How to Train Dragon 3, the first How to Train Your Dragon on the show. Oh, nice! Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everybody come back next week and we'll listen to some of that. But thank you for listening. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we will catch you on the extended play or next week. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Yeah.